Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show on Business Radio X, where you can listen to smart dialogue about diversity and inclusion, leadership and behavior in the workplace and beyond. We are broadcasting live from the Gwinnett Business Radio X studio, located at Sinesta Hotel Gwinnett Place, Atlanta in Duluth, Georgia. I am joined by executive producer, Mr. Mike Salmon, and producer, Mr. Trey Odom. I'm your host, Dr. Dion Wright-Polton. Today's show is a follow-up to last month's show when I spoke to three brave widowed women who talked about their experiences losing their husbands. One important topic that came up during that discussion that we will expound on today is the issue of women and finances. Specifically, today, we're going to talk about different things like how women are socialized, actually to their detriment, to put everyone before themselves. What happens when, that, when, when women do that? And especially after they've lost a, a spouse or uh, through divorce or through, through, through death. And why is it extremely important for women to always be aware of their finances, including when they are married? Those are just two questions we're going to explore today. So I am over the, overjoyed and delighted to have three wonderful, smart women uh, in my presence today. Uh, first is Jerry Hewitt-Miller, who is president at Wealth Horizons, Inc. Welcome. Good morning, Dr. Dion. Good to see you. <laughs> nice to see you. Thank you. Uh, secondly is uh, Miss Eileen Schumann who is a partner at Schumann & Schumann PC. Hi, Dr. Dan. I'm thrilled to be here. Glad to have you. And last but not least is Miss Mona Schumann, who is also partner at Schumann & Schumann PC. This is my absolute pleasure to be sitting with three dynamic women. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much. So before we begin... A quick reminder that the Dr. Dion Show airs live on the second Friday of each month at 10 a.m., but you can listen to any of our previous shows anytime by visiting GwinnettBusinessRadioX.com. So let's get started. Can each of you take a couple minutes to tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, the nature of your business, what you do, just anything that you want to share with the audience? Do you want to start, Jerry? Okay. Thanks, Dr. Dion. I am a certified financial planner and an investment advisor. I also am a retirement income certified professional. We provide holistic financial planning and investment advice, of course. We, one of the things that our firm um, really specializes in is working with women. I have a passion for empowering women with knowledge to make sure that they are taking care of themselves which we see so often that women put themselves last. I also have a passion for educating women. There's so many things that, you know, go into having a financial secure future. And we're really financial advocates for our clients. Uh, we take their hand and we walk through every step of the way, uh, all of life's transitions. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing. Eileen? Yes. Hi, I'm Eileen Schumann, and I work with my mother, who Dr. Dan has introduced both of us, uh, Mona Schumann, and we are family law attorneys. We have been practicing together for a little over 10 years, and we um, not only do divorce, but we also do, uh, to kind of tag along with what Jury is saying, we do divorce planning, which includes women coming in and talking about how they're going to be financially prepared if the a divorce is inevitable, Mona and I work on prenuptial agreements. Um, so there's a lot of financial components that we have to uh, review and address when women are coming to us. And um, I'd like for Mona to be able to tell a little bit about our business as well. Hi. 
I think that this topic is absolutely so important for all women. Um, I've been practicing law for 36 years, but before I did that, I had two daughters and I was happily married and I was a teacher with the Atlanta Public Schools. And it was a fabulous opportunity. After I had my second daughter, who was here and now my law partner, I decided I wanted to become an attorney. I'll be honest, a little bit like Perry Mason. Well, family law sometimes is like Perry Mason. <laughs> I think the most important thing I've learned in my entire career of being a mother, being a wife, being a teacher, being a family law attorney is that women Women have to realize how very valuable they are in their very essence. They have to know that they alone can make decisions for themselves, that they don't have to be in the, in the shadow of a spouse. What, you can stand and speak and say who you are and know who you are. And it takes working with fabulous women like the ones at my table right here today are. So I think that's very, very, very important. I also have to mention that I was recently widowed. So I do understand after a 45-year marriage that it's a big change, losing a spouse, losing a part of your life. As far as divorce, I never went through it, but I shared it with my clients. And if you don't take care of yourself, no one's going to take care of you. I hate to be that callous, but that's the truth. I thank you for sharing that, and I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to just digress from our, 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 our questions we had because something just came to mind. We talk about women experiencing a loss when they're adults. But I've realized, actually because it ties into the socialization aspect, I've realized that we are socialized from year two, three, four, five, six, to, to, to think about other people, put other people before ourselves. So it's, it must be a huge challenge for all of you as practitioners when somebody's lost a spouse, either through divorce or through or, th- or through death. That person now has to actually learn not just about losing that person, but then also to kind of sometimes, in essence, change who they are. So how do you get around that? How do you deal with that? Yes, it is a, a learning process. One of the things that I do with my clients uh, when they first come to see me, I give them a journal. And I asked them to write about their most perfect life. Hmm. And I encouraged them because I've worked with so many women and watched it happen that in years time, they can actually be living a new life that they love, even after going through tragic losses. And Mona and I, when we meet with women and men, it's not just men, but for today's purpose, when we meet with women, um, we do have a list that Mona's, one of Mona's forms is called just at the very top. It just says, what do you want? And we go through kind of very similar to Jury, which isn't surprising as we're, we're friendly, very friendly with Jury. But, um, and we talk to our clients about what do they want? And it's, it's a similar process of if you're going to go through this divorce process or a modification, mm-hmm. because sometimes that has devastating financial effects if somebody's been given money and then it's going to be reduced. But what we like to do is just have people understand and map out what do they want? What are their goals? What are their needs? What is the reality of their situation? And we spend a significant amount of time with our clients going through those points as well. So you just raised uh, an important point, Eileen. Uh, why are we talking about women today? 
And um, I, I mentioned some stats the last show, but I wanted to share a few more. So I'm going to just reiterate what, what I shared last show is that the average income of a widow is less than $25,000 a year. A lot of women who lose their husbands are left in poverty, in essence. One in five women who experience po- who, one in five women experience what they call post-divorce poverty. One in, that's one in five. Uh, according to a 2009 analysis, the U.S. Census Bureau said that on average, women are paid 78% less than men. But at the same time, 83%, 83% of mothers are more likely to retain custody of the children. So attempting to do work and to maintain your job and, 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 and finances and so on often leads women at a disadvantage. So it's important for us to actually talk about, you know, the impact of, of this on women, because in essence, you know, as we just said, the majority of us end up with the children after we have lost. You know, there's a, a statistic that we know um, from working with women going through divorce that's very scary. Within 10 years of a couple divorcing, um, the woman most likely is going to have a lower standard of living and the man is going to have a higher standard of living. Wow. Can, can you elaborate what, what is a standard, just for our listeners, what is a standard of living? Sure. Um, income, of course, is a big p- component of that. But the woman, uh, as we talked about, she usually gets custody of the children. So she's juggling working, usually has to go back to work and if she wasn't prior. And she's juggling the children. She's, you know, getting them from point A to point B. You know, the husband, on the other hand, usually has a lot more free time. Um, Men get married typically within three years after a divorce. Hmm. Women are much more likely to stay single or marry uh, after a longer period of time. Okay. I think also certainly agreeing what Tree has said and Eileen has said, I think it's also important that when women come to see Eileen and I, we take a team approach. That's just how we practice law. That's how we live. And I think a woman has to realize how, again, going back to how important we are, but knowledge and that Eileen and I are divorce attorneys, uh, family law attorneys. We care greatly about our clients, but we are not financial advisors. We are not CPAs. We are not um, psychologists, even though sometimes we border on that line (laughs) of trying to figure out. So we always try and have the woman, the client, the client be aware that we need more people to help her. And we make suggestions that, that they seek a financial advisor who will speak to her as a human being on the same level and not, hello, little lady. Or I can take care of you. You don't have to worry. And I'll get back to you in three years to handle your money. Or I will tell you what to do. The same way with mental health issues, because it is so emotionally difficult to go through divorce. There are wonderful, wonderful mental health resources in Atlanta, in Gwinnett County, in the metro counties that are available, private and public. And even some of the Religious organizations like Catholic Social Services, like Jewish Family and Career Services, who will see people who are not Catholic or Jewish or Christian or Buddhist or Muslim, but are there to provide emotional support. And we try and make our clients aware of those things. And and it helps them also get centered on, I am the most important person in this circle. 
That's fantastic. And so somebody's experienced a loss. What what order should they go in? Should they should they seek a divorce attorney first, and then go to a financial person? What is the order in which somebody should 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 should, should take care of this? The first person they may need to see to kind of piggyback on what Mona just said is they're going to need a very strong mental health professional. And I sincerely, I'm going to adamantly suggest that because when you have a loss, as Mona said, it is so, it can be so devastating, whether it is a death or divorce. Mm -hmm. And to try and navigate those waters and immediately go see a divorce attorney or go see a financial person can sometimes backfire. I almost think it has to be a simultaneous Hmm. decision. Like, this is the team I need. I need a financial person. I need a mental health professional. I need a divorce attorney. Because I do think that when you're going through these major life changes, to have one or the other or to prioritize is sometimes dangerous. A lot of women, especially if they've been in a longer-term marriage and they've been solely dependent on a husband, if they go out and go to the wrong attorney and they're not mentally healthy at that point, Hmm. they can end up in almost a worse mess than they would have been if they had sought the correct help and then got the correct professionals. Uh, So I have to stress that, that that is such a large component of what Mona and I do. We have a lot of women who cannot make it through without a mental health professional. And I know my mom referenced the fact that they sometimes think we're the psychologists, but we're not. We're the lawyers. We're running a business. Mm -hmm. We care about our clients. I'm not qualified to give that kind of support. And I just think um, I've had some rough cases recently because judges are not being very generous with alimony. And Jerry's nodding her head. The audience can't see that. And she'll speak about that. But they're not. They're they're giving less alimony. And there are women who have been in long-term marriages. They're getting divorced. And the judges are giving them three to five years to all of a sudden find a career in their 50s when they've stayed home for 20 years. Wow. So I just I have to stress that. So just can you define alimony just for people who don't necessarily know what that is? Sure. Alimony is what a judge will give to the non-moneyed spouse. So one of the spouses, if the husband has been earning the money and the wife has been staying home, a judge will give the wife a set sum of money, either monthly or in a lump sum, to help the wife get back on her feet. A lot of judges now use, there are a couple of different types, but what we deal with is permanent alimony or rehabilitative alimony. Hmm. More and more frequently, judges are using rehabilitative alimony, which is exactly what it sounds. It's to help somebody rehabilitate their finances and get back on their feet. The problem is, it's so counterintuitive, in my opinion, because if you've been staying home for 20 years, you cannot rehab your finances in three permanent alimony. Mona and I have been able to get that awarded in the last couple of years, but it was for two very specialized cases. One of our clients had been a cancer survivor, a two-time cancer survivor, and could not support herself. And the judge gave her permanent alimony because of her medical condition. And it's the same with our other client. She is permanently disabled and she got alimony. The problem is judges are not understanding that you have such a disability even if it's not a medical disability, but you have a financial disability if you have been a stay-at-home mom. If I can just add to that, Eileen, one of the things we all see frequently is um, a mother 
that does not want to let go of the family residence. And sometimes it's going to be necessary. I have worked with clients, you know, I had a client that had an 8,000 square foot house and she was an empty nester. You know, it took four years to let go of the mm. home because she wanted to keep it for her children. Her children grown and they're gone. So, and it was a money pit. Getting a woman to let go mm-hmm. of that emotional foundation, that home where she's raised her children, it can be incredibly difficult. Mona, you're nodding your head in agreement. Well, I agree. Absolutely, Drew. One of the hardest discussions we have with clients who a great deal of the equity, even post-2008 and nine, the equity in the house is the ready cash. And to explain to someone who has been the mother, the caretaker, the cleaner, the doer, mm. the driver, the chauffeur, <laughs> back and forth to this home, which is really her home, that to say to her, the time has come that you have to think about putting this home on the market is difficult. And it goes back to what Eileen was first saying. We often suggest clients will come to us because they've heard about us or through reference or referrals. And there are times where we say, you're not ready, but we don't want you to do anything foolish. So if your husband approaches this of just go with me to my lawyer, please know we are here to spring into action with you. But sometimes we do tell them to take a break and find a counselor, a therapist. We may know someone in their area. We even will send someone to Dree who will, uh, we just had a case on a prenup, which was difficult because it's blended families. It's living a dream. It's giving up the dream from the divorce. Mm-hmm. And we work, we work together. And that was so beneficial because what Jaree knows on finances, I don't know. I don't pretend to know. And so we we often tell people, think in terms of who you want on your team. You do not want to go solo. And you certainly don't want to go solo with your husband and his team. So I think it's it's hard. You do have to say, oh, sell the house. And you know what's the most amazing thing about women, which I have found and Eileen has found, is they come to realize they need to sell the house. It may take two months. It may take six months. And in Jerry's case, it may take four years, but they wow. realize I've got to sell the house. Because it's probably considered another loss. You, right. This is a place where you've been and you've right. already lost your spouse. So now you can give up the, the only surroundings that you've known for some time where the memories are. So that must be really, really difficult. And there's a caveat. We don't cer- certainly if you have children in a specific school system, mm-hmm. you don't want to say sell the house, change school systems, move on. No, that is not what we're saying. But we're saying with people with children who are grown or going off to college or starting to work, then it comes a point where it is better to be full in your body and spirit and in your financial market than to have a house. It's just that simple. And I often uh, recommend to women that have come to me after working with a divorce attorney um, that they take a year and not make any drastic changes. Um, you know, that sounds a little counterintuitive intuitive, uh, to what we were just talking about. But usually, you know, most people, most women can take a year to kind of 
come out of that fog because uh, a divorce is like a death. And um, many times you are in a fog, a cloud, and it's hard to think straight. So I, I do advise women just to take a step back and we can start making a plan, but you don't have to act on it this minute. You know, the nice thing about sitting at this table is I can speak for one moment personally. We're not supposed to mix person with profession, but Jerry had to tell me that when my husband died. Wow. She said, you're going to follow. And she said it sweetly, kindly, with all her heart and soul. Mm. Mona, you're not doing anything for a year. No, we're not going to invest in mm. this crazy scheme. No, I don't care who wants you to buy these things. We're not doing anything. Now, of course, she continued to manage my account. It just didn't go into a widow's closet. But that one year seems enormous when you're dealing with the death immediately. And as you go through the year, you realize what sound advice. Waiting a year, whether it's divorce or death, give yourself that time. You deserve that time. So I thank you for that. That's beautiful. So you're listening to The Dr. Dion Show, uh, where you listen to smart dialogue about diversity and inclusion, leadership and behavior in the workplace and beyond. I'm here with Jerry Hewitt-Miller, the president of Wealth Horizon, Eileen Schumann, partner at Schumann & Schumann, and Mona Schumann, a partner a partner in Schumann Schumann as well. So I just wanted to um, talk about, touch on what we talked about before we went on air, which is when a woman is approached by her spouse or ex-spouse-to-be and says, I've got a lawyer. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. What what kind of advice would you give to women who have experienced that? To me, and we, we talked about this, it's it's such a red flag. And I'll let Jerry talk about the financial part, but from the divorce part, it's a red flag in the sense that you have the feeling that the husband has sought extensive legal counsel, has figured out how he can manage the system to his advantage in all areas and not just financial. Uh, I don't want to get too far on a t- tangent, but a lot of times mothers come to us and they don't understand that a lot of fathers are going to fight for custody because if they fight for custody and gain a certain amount of custody, they can actually have the potential to pay less child support under the Georgia child support guidelines than would be if the mother was declared what is called the primary custodian. Hmm. So a lot of times when women come to us and say that or call us because Women who have that situation tend to not physically come into the office. They tend to call and say, I got your name, but my husband said he already has a lawyer and we can save so much money by not going to two lawyers and I should just sign on what he does. And unfortunately, a lot of times these women are scared and confused. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of crying on the phone. Even though earlier I said I support mental health professionals. I mean, I'm not dead inside. I do understand that they're going to have some tears. But legally, it is just, it's such a red flag for so many of the reasons, including what I've just mentioned for the child support, for the asset division. Uh, it's its just, it's, 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 it's not what I would want. Yeah, we were talking before the show and I were discussing this and I said, you know, my warning bells go off as soon as I hear the phrase, well, my husband's going to take care of me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how many women have said that to me. That's not exactly the case. That's not how it turns out. So I want to just say something about working with a family law attorney, working with uh, divorce attorneys. I 
have worked with Eileen and Mona over the years. We've worked together on various clients. And it is so important to have attorneys that are empathetic. I have unfortunately had to uh, work with clients that um, were dealing with their attorney that wasn't empathetic. And at this very difficult time in your life, you need someone that understands what you're feeling and that can can show you empathy and yet get you pushed in the right direction. And that actually ties to a video that I know you, you did, uh, Jury, talking about um, um, why women should choose a female coach. Do you want to tie into that? And, and, and so what are the benefits? Um, actually, I'll open up to you, Jerry, and, and also um, Jerry, sorry, everybody. Okay. What are the benefits of coming to you as women practitioners? I'm biased, but uh, I've also done a lot of um, research on neuroscience, and it is absolutely a fact, a biological fact, that we are wired differently. <laughs> hmm. um, women relate in a different way than men do. Men are wired for competition. Women are wired for security. Hmm. So I think that you will find working with a female, if you're female, is going to be very comforting because they're going to speak, we speak your language. We understand what's important to you. Your children are important. We understand what you're going to be facing in the future if we don't help you make good decisions. I absolutely agree. I think um, what's interesting is as time has moved, certainly since 1981 to 2017, it is so accepted now for women to use women attorneys because when I first started practicing, the assumption was I was the client and the male who was with me hmm was the attorney. And that happened to me twice. And then I took my briefcase away because, <laughs> because I was married to a fabulous native Atlantan, good old boy who I adored. Oh. And so the two times that it happened, I was thinking, okay, this person is being a gentleman and I do like gentlemen. And then I realized no, no, no. he may have been a gentleman, but the judge saw me hmm. as a needy woman and not as the attorney. Um, I, th I think women, what Jerry said was right on point. We, we do care. We do care and we care greatly. And, and we, we think about our clients, we care about our clients. And because of that, we suggest that they have other people who also have the real skills to deal with their needs all the time. Do you agree, Eileen? I absolutely agree. I think it's akin to, I prefer in some, for some things, I prefer women doctors. I won't go into detail because oh. that's not the topic, but it's women and presumably we've got women listening. And I like to think of it in the sense that a woman doctor, you know, has some of the same parts as me and understands what I'm going through. And I do think that there is a lot of that in divorce. I think that there are women that if they have been, if you have a woman who comes to you, kind of going back to the other example, somebody who says, my husband's going to take care of everything. There's a psychology behind that. There's an element of emotional abuse in that kind of a relationship mm -hmm. that you can't deny exists when we have women who call us with those kind of proposals. And I think as a woman, 
when they see, okay, I can go to these women, they're business owners, they're independent, they don't have men taking care of them, they can gain some kind of a strength from being in our office and from seeing that, you know, my mother can continue on even after losing her father. And I'm single, I'm not married, and I've been doing this 14 years. Uh, I said in the beginning, you know, and I've been together 10 years, but I've been working for 14 years and supporting myself. And I have a home and a car and clothes and food. And these are basic things that when women come in our office, they they are afraid of that. They are afraid I'm not going to have food on the table. I'm not uh, going to be able to have, you know, my utilities paid. I'm afraid I'm not going to have a home to live in. And they mean it. They're not coming in being dramatic mm-hmm. when they say that to Mona and I. They honestly, in their heart of hearts, believe if I am not with this man, I will be living in the streets. So I think it helps them to see that we're women business owners and that we work with other women business owners, luxury, and some of the psychologists we work with and the forensic accountants. And that's not to say that Mona and I don't work with men, but I think it's just important to have that role model for women at whatever age, whether they're 22 and coming to us or 70, which I just want to say one point about that we have talked a lot about older women who are going through it. It's also, in some ways, when you're younger, mm-hmm. too, it's, it's on both ends of the spectrum. Divorce is never easy. But I don't want to overlook today that there are women who are 21, 22, and they may have married their high school sweetheart, and they may have two small children, and all of a sudden, you know, he wants to get a divorce, and they're terrified. And I think it can be as scary when you're younger because you look and think, oh, my gosh, I'm only 22, I've been dependent on this person. I don't know what I'm going to do. Where are my kids going to go? It's it's generally very scary no matter how old Absolutely. you are when you're going mm-hmm. through this. And the last show we actually talked about, we talked. I spoke to young widow, widows who lost their husbands. And uh, that kind of segues into the whole notion of the power dynamic in relationships. Because there, there are women who lose uh, their husbands either through divorce or through or through death. And... They have no idea what the passcodes are. They don't know the bank account information. They don't know anything. And and basically they've relinquished everything financial to that to that person. And that person is now gone. So what kind of advice do you give to somebody? How do you help somebody come back from that? And 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 it kind of ties into like the whole, as I said, the power dynamic. Like if if you've if you've gone your whole marriage or your whole relationship just saying, okay, okay, sir, I'll, you know, or, or okay, honey, I'll do whatever you want. And all of a sudden you're left with nothing. How do you find that inner strength? And I know you mentioned the the counseling aspect, um, but I want to kind of throw in the whole cultural aspect because not everybody believes in counseling. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people also believe I'm strong enough. I've been raised strong. I'm not going to do that. So how do you deal with that? How do you manage that? That is that is a huge hurdle. If a woman comes in and she really doesn't have an idea. She doesn't have tax returns. Uh, she doesn't have copies of statements of the investment. She doesn't. I had one woman that didn't even know how much money her husband made. Wow. I, I couldn't believe it. So, um, you know, they we've got to empower them that um, they have a right to that information. And um, Eileen and Mona are wonderful 
at helping them realize that in the state of Georgia, they have rights, even if they have not been working, they have rights to the property, uh, the marital property. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that we do with our clients, uh, we build wealth management websites. And we have electronic vaults where we store everything. Uh, We encourage them to make a list of their passwords and they can put it in a private folder where we can't see it. Um, But a lot of the couples that come to me, um, the, the man has said, you know, the reason I picked you is because I want my wife to feel very comfortable Hmm. with you if something happens to me. Well, if you're going through a divorce or you've already lost your husband, you know, you don't quite have uh, that comfort. So we've got to kind of start from the beginning and get all the information that we can, even if your soon-to-be ex doesn't want to give it to you. Well, the only... Because Mena's looking at me, but this was really your idea when you talked about the computer classes. So I wanted you to yeah, expound I, on I, that. I think that we we also have had clients coming to us who, like Jerry said, they know nothing, 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 nothing. And and you look at them and I, I, I often say, well, I understand because it's it is if you get married and if you have small children, and if you are still primarily at home, whether it's for a short time where you have the children or whether it's your role is going to be the stay-at-home mom, housekeeper, important roles, then you don't go and and explore. And you 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 have to you have to find a way to have your client understand that it is their life we're talking about. We're not talking about the children. We're not talking about the husband, whether he'll be a present factor or an ex-husband. I think one of the most important things is to start a learning on computers because so many women who are not computer literate, yes, they know Facebook and yes, they know email, but do they really understand computers and Excel spreadsheets? I have sent so many clients to what was at one time Perimeter College, whether it was in Clarkston or in Dunwoody, hmm. they have all these fabulous, or they had all these pro- programs. I have to update my own knowledge now because I know that Perimeter is now part of Georgia State University, and I assume Clarkston is also part of Georgia State University. So we we do have to find sources where you can get free or near to free educational senior senior citizen or single women or married. Emory has a great Emory has a great learning program. You don't have to be a college graduate. You don't even have to <clears throat> have play, made one step into a college, but they have these courses available to help people enhance their very being. And that being when it comes to divorce or a widow is is financial. And I strongly recommend that that people begin with a basic computer course. And um, I, I have to reiterate about the counseling. It's to, to get help, to get guidance, to learn how to do better for yourself financially and, and mentally. 
Now, when you mentioned, you just mentioned the word free. Um, Eileen, would you like to speak a bit about your pro bono work? I will in one second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Only one second. Because I want to add, I just want to add one thing, Dr. Dion, because these are things Mona and I have actually come up with together. Some of these ideas and some of them are Mona's, which have been progressive and wonderful. And some of them are mine, but they're, they're ours. One of the things we've been telling our clients when they come in, if they have iPhones, we've told, because I want to try and give some specifics to some of the women Mm -hmm. that are listening. We've directed them to go to the Apple store, to the Genius Bar, and find out, is their account on the cloud? Can they? How can they set up a Gmail account where their spouse can't get into it so they have some kind of a secure email address? Oh, wow. Because a lot of women come in, they don't know the answer to that. I don't know, is it on the iPad? Because a lot of women need to be aware, if you have multiple devices, whether it's an Apple or a Windows product, a lot of the times the cloud connects things So you could be getting a message from your attorney or financial advisor, and it could go to your husband's iPad or phone, and you don't even think about it. So that's one of the first technological stops is either, and we have a wonderful private investigator that we work with that does computers, and he knows people too who can help people to see, are they being tracked or you know, on their cars or their phones. You guys are no joke. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just want to mention that specifically so that women can understand that there's this element of when you were talking about the power balance, Mm -hmm. that that's a huge part of it is being monitored without even knowing they're being monitored. Because there are some apps that go beyond just what an Apple Store employee will know if they've been installed so that a husband can be tracing what their wife's doing. There's also, when Jeree mentioned about the tax issue, the tax returns, because Mona and I, out of nine out of 10 women come to us and they don't know what their husbands make. They don't know what the tax returns are. I mean, it's that high. Wow. They, and these are women who are professional. I I had met with the most lovely woman a couple of weeks ago. She is a complete professional, has been working and had no idea what her husband was making. And when she realized what he was making, and I'll tell you how we got the tax returns. I mean, she sat in my office and cried because she thought he was making so much more and it was a whole you know, reality of Hmm. this is where our finances are. But you can go to the IRS website and there, and uh, Dr. Dion, if you ask me where on the website, I can't tell you (laughs) because it's so, it's embedded. It's almost like the IRS, you know, was made by men and they don't want women to know this. (laughs) But there is, if you search in their search tool in the top, you can log in if you search for, you know, find my tax return or tax transcripts, I think was the magic words. Or if you search it in Google, you can log in with your, they'll get, you get a PIN number and you have your um, social security number and you can log in and see, I think, the last three to five years of transcripts. Really? So that if you have to go to a financial advisor or a divorce attorney, you can at least have the transcripts and say, you know, this is what we've been paying. These are our taxes. Uh, so that's another concrete way to kind of get information when you don't have it. So I wanted to mention those. That's fantastic. Thank you. So, so that kind of segues into um, my question about um, your pro bono work with domestic violence, because domestic violence, in essence, is it is about power and control and so on. So, uh, why do you why do you choose to do that? So, when I, I I actually went to law school and I clerked for a family judge, two judges out in Augusta, Georgia. At that time, they had a family court, an informal one. They've since disbanded it, but I clerked for these two wonderful judges. And when I got out of law school, I went and worked up in Cherokee County and Cobb County. And I took one case with the Cherokee Family Violence Center. And 14 years later, uh, as we all know how that goes, I have continued to work with the women in that center. 
there was something that resonated with me and it there's no doubt that part of it is you know from having a mother who went to law school when I was 3 and my sister was 6 and kind of seeing that dynamic but there was something that resonated with me with these women who were in these relationships and they felt that this was it this is the only option they have there's no way out because that was the exact opposite of what my sister and I were taught we were taught you you can take care of yourself you can do things if you just put your mind to it and so you know, from that one case, it's just kind of progressed. The women in those situations, it's it's tough. I mean, it's tough work. I won't lie that that's hard. It's draining, but it's so important and it's so necessary. And there are so many women in situations across Metro Atlanta that you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know. And that's what people just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I, to some extent, some of the judges don't really get it either, sadly. They don't understand that you can have a woman who is from, you know, poverty, or you can have a woman who is living in an 8,000 square foot home, and they can both be going through the exact same life. They just, it's domestic violence does, it has no, it does, it's one thing that does not discriminate. Mm -hmm. Domestic violence does not care Mm -hmm. what your religion is, what your race is, what your socioeconomic standing is. And I know that as an attorney, you know, I I have privileges and to not give back to the community is, is it's, it's, this is my project. So I love to do, I work with the Cherokee Family Violence Center and I recently in the last two years started working with the DeKalb Volunteer Lawyers Association and people sometimes get confused. So I have to explain, I am a private attorney, you know, Mona and I are running a business. I, I have my own bills I have to pay. So I obviously, you know, have private clients. Mm-hmm. But what I will do is I will take a case um, and I can handle only one at a time. I take one case from DVLF or one case from Cherokee County because they are so time consuming. And a lot of times, because I've been doing this for 14 years and there aren't a lot of attorneys that consistently stay with these organizations, Mm -hmm. if Cherokee County has a big mess of a case, they'll call me and I kind of come in as a closer to try and help resolve it. And it's moved beyond just domestic violence. A lot of the times it's domestic violence cases that started as domestic violence and snowballed into a divorce or a custody case. And with, with DeCab, what's been interesting is I've been doing volunteer work as a guardian ad litem because I've just started doing that. And a guardian is somebody, and this does tie to finances, a guardian comes in and investigates the home and investigates what's going on with the children and the spouses or the, uh, the parents because a lot of times now people aren't really, they're not even married. But you go in and you have to report to the judge, you know, what's going on in this house. And the reason why that ties into finances goes back to what I said earlier, that you have a lot of men who are in situations where, whether they're within or without the domestic violence range, because I have to stress that financial abuse is abuse. Mm -hmm. And when you have men who are saying to a judge, I should have primary custody, a lot of the times they're saying it because they don't want to pay child support. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm not saying it's every time, so I don't want a lot of people to hate email me or spam, you know, don't troll my Twitter and say that I'm a man hater (laughs) because I'm not. But that's just what I see when I do my pro bono work is a lot of the times the core of it, it's a financial argument. Mm -hmm. It's an abusive situation to try and manipulate things so that they don't have to pay the mother or the wife money on an ongoing basis. 
So we're coming to uh, the end of the show, and I wanted to talk about, uh, in terms of giving, our giving circle, how we all met. Cherie, did you want to talk about that? And also Mona and chime in. Yes, I would love to. Um, we're so excited. This is a um, an idea, a dream that was sparked, uh, gosh, it's been like 18 months ago uh, with the Community Foundation here in Gwinnett County, Northeast Georgia. We wanted to provide an, uh, an arena for women to be able to get together and um, learn about the nonprofits in our area that are helping women and children. There's a big need, as we all know. And so we decided to take on this learning project, if you will. And um, we're interviewing six different nonprofits that have shown a good track record and focus on women and children. And the great thing about this is that um, these are nonprofits that, you know, they're not the big ones, the huge ones that get all the money. These are the ones that $1,000 means keeping the lights on. So um, we're all donating to the Giving Circle. And at the end of the year, after we see the presentations from these six nonprofits that have been chosen, uh, we will be awarding grants. And we're so excited about it. It's a great group of women. And I just know that it's going to grow and become a foundation in our community. It was an amazing night, Tree. And I I just want to thank you for including me and including Eileen and Dion. It was it was amazing. It was amazing women. We went, Eileen and I went because we wanted to be a part of a philanthropy where we could actually put an amount of money, a very reasonable amount of money, in with other women. The unbelievable outcome was that I'm thrilled about doing this from a financial standpoint because I can afford to do this. But more importantly, the women were, I hope that more of these start because these were women who didn't necessarily know each other. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I hate to say the word we bonded, but we did. And it was amazing. And we all had different life stories and different experiences. And it was just a phenomenal evening, which reinforced the power of women. Mm-hmm. It just, the goodness of women. Absolutely. I don't want to use power. The goodness, the kindness, those strengths that we all have as children growing up and then continuing. And I'm going on and on. It was, ter- it is a terrific experience. It is fantastic. And if Jerry ever calls you on the phone, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and- <laughs> The other beautiful thing is that it, you know when they say that when you when you give you get yes oh. it's 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 become an unexpected gift to meet so many incredible women and to have the three of you here so I really really appreciate you coming on the show today thank you so um, we're coming to a close I really appreciate your uh, participation today in our discussion uh, Jerry Hewitt Miller. Eileen Schumann and Mona Schumann. And before we leave, I'd like for each of you to say, uh, how can people reach you? How can we contact you? Well, uh, our website is Wealth Horizon Inc. W E A L T H H O R I Z O N I N C dot com. You can send us an email through the website. 
or you can call us on our office number is 770-840-8440. And again, my name is Jeree Hewitt Miller. Awesome. Okay. And for Mona and I, you can call our office at 770-790-3700. And we also have our website, www.schumannfamilylaw.com, which is Schumann, S-H-U-M-A-N, familylaw.com. Schumann Family Law is all one word. And our email addresses and information beyond just our phone number on our website. But for those of y'all that don't have access to an internet, the best thing is to call. And even if you do, 770-790-3700, because we will get our messages. Again, you're listening to The Dr. Dion Show, where you hear smart dialogue about diversity and inclusion, leadership, and behavior in the workplace and beyond. Our show airs live on the second Friday of each month at 10 a.m., but you can also, and you can also listen to any of our shows anytime by visiting the GwinnettBusinessRadioX.com. We're broadcasting live from our beautiful Gwinnett Business Radio X studio in Sinesta Hotel, Gwinnett Place, Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia. And be sure to like us on Facebook at The Dr. Dion Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dion Poulton and on LinkedIn at Dr. Dion Poulton. You can also pick up my book called It's Not Always Racist, but Sometimes It Is. And please feel free and reach out to me with any feedback and uh, questions and comments are always welcome. And all of uh, our guest information will be on the Business Radio website as well. So feel free and just um, go there and follow up with these with these lovely ladies. So thanks again for joining us. And I look forward to speaking with you next month. And remember, before I leave, I always say expand your circle and your mind. Let people in.